Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. It's time for the First National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech sports news. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Building. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Yee-yee! It's BC. <laughs> it's Beck Haynes. It's John Tabor. It's Bleed Tech Blue Radio. It's 2020. It's a new year. We're back on Sports Talk 97.7 FM. We're your home for all things Louisiana Tech Athletics for the next 90 minutes. Of course, you can call us. You can text us on the Fairway Carts hotline or text line. You can watch us on Facebook, Sports Talk 97.7. Beck, it's not a bye week. I guess it's the off season, so you're back to full yeah, I'm time. I'm kind of a free agent, you know. It just might be here, might not be here, Ben, but, you know, I'm here. Happy to have you. You know, you got the Circle K coffee. Hey, you might be ready for three hours of Sports Talk Radio tonight. Yeah, you never know, Ben. I'm going to be honest. I'm a, I'm a few hours uh, a few hours into the old New Year die. I got started a little late, Ben. Hey, so it's all right. So, have the old Mountain Dew tonight. Had to go with the coffee. Hey, I, I appreciate your dedication to the diet, of course. I want to thank our sponsors, First National Bank, Fairway Carts, Walpole Tire, Dairy Queen, Ideal Portable Buildings, Acne Glass, Brister's Smokehouse, and O'Neill Gas. Beck, it's been a while since we've been on the air. Uh, really three weeks now. You know, we didn't have a show on Christmas Eve. We didn't have a show on New Year's Eve. We've got to pop a few fireworks, but we're back since we were last on the air. Dogs made it six in a row. Six straight bowl wins. Pick up a shutout win over Miami. 14-0. 10-3. That's how Skip Holtz's Bulldogs wrap up their 2019 season. I know you are certainly extremely happy to talk about six straight bowl wins. Yeah, Ben, actually, I was going to say, I talked to Mrs. Bleed Tech Blue, and she says you've still, every night since the bowl game, been going out in your driveway and popping bottles of champagne, just Ooh, celebrating. Six bottles up. a night. Hey, you ain't lying. Ben, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not excited. Chris Jericho over here with a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. bubbly. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not pumped for Tech. That is a great win, uh, although Miami's offense... Oh, horrible! Not sure uh, they could score on air. Yeah, that that was a uh, that might have been a um, just an underhand toss for old Bob Diaco. But hey, nonetheless, Tech got it done. Um, score looked a little better than it was. BC, long time standing there on the sideline. A lot of TV timeouts, but absolutely. And you hey. know, speaking of Bob Diaco, we got a tremendous amount of different topics to talk about. Of course, Todd Fitch, Bob Diaco, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Have since moved on. Todd Fitz, the new offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt. Bob Diaco, the new defensive coordinator at Purdue. I believe Joe Sloan, the Louisiana Tech assistant head coach, will be promoted to offensive coordinator. But there are two open spots on the staff. Certainly looking forward to discussing that here in a few minutes. Uh, Coming up in the next segment, we'll recap the eyeball. Of course, like we said, Louisiana Tech 14-0 shutout win over the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, we'll recap the 2019 season, kind of give our thoughts 
uh, on some things that surprised us, some things that we'll remember from this season, uh, really how the season turned out comparably uh, to our expectations. Of course, it's a new decade. Uh, we'll take a look back at the 2010 through 2019 seasons, give our top 10 players. Then coming up at 7 p.m., you might have heard the name. Amik Robertson's going to join the program, okay. former Bulldog cornerback, uh, entering the NFL draft, is going to join us, uh, kind of give his thoughts on his Louisiana Tech career, some things that he'll remember the most, uh, and kind of uh, what he'll be going to, uh, going through from a training standpoint leading up to the NFL Combine in February and on to the NFL draft in April. And then, of course, we'll talk some Dunkin' Dogs and Lady Texter basketball. So, Beck. Back to Todd Fitch and Bob Diaco. Um, I would say it was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, I thought we were going to have Diaco one more year. Did you? I really did. I don't think you thought that. No, I, I don't know necessarily what I thought. You know, initially when we when Tech hired Bob Diaco, yes, I thought it was more of kind of a two-year rental versus a one-year rental that we saw uh, like Manny Diaz back in 2014, but... You look at this defense and how they performed this year, you know, allowing only 21.7 points per game, uh, good for 35th in the country. Uh, Bob Diaco certainly took advantage of the late shutout against Purdue, which, you know, I would imagine the deal with Purdue was probably worked out prior to the bowl game, Yeah, uh, considering how quickly we found out following it. But um, you have to give him some credit. He certainly did a good job in his one year here in Ruston. Yeah, and, you know, we we talked in the beginning of the year about how it would probably take a little while for his new system to get into place, and I feel like it did. You know, you you like to talk it about some time. Took some time. I like you like to talk about how terrible Conference USA is. Oh, so, do I? Yeah. So I don't know how good that thirty fifth in the nation number is when you're playing against shut out the U. UTEP and uh, UTSA. But Ben, you're right. Shut out the U. I don't care how bad of a season the U is having. They're still the U. They are the U. Watched the thirty for thirty right before the bowl game. Got all pumped up, Ben. You did on Christmas night. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the, the fam was sick, so I just, you know. Flipped it on. Flipped it on. So, anyways, uh, Bob did a great job. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for the shutout bowl victory against the U. Six straight. Better luck to you. Uh, uh, going to a tough situation at Purdue, not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know. You look, had to bid a little bit more money, Ben. Well, oh, Just abso- a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I would imagine he, he's nearing the $1 million uh, Mark for his yearly salary after making 200k for the Bulldogs, but I mean this is the best show in radio. But if some other station comes and offers me 10, 15 <laughs> times more than I'm making, Ben, you're out of here. I might have four listeners at the new one as opposed to eight here, and Ben, I might do it. I'm just saying, <laughs> all right, it's no possible. Doubt. All right, it's possible. no doubt. So you look at the situation he's going to Purdue. Of course, Jeff Brom, the head coach there, previously was at Western Kentucky. Purdue finished four and eight in 2019. Brom's making six million a year. Diaco's going to have the heat turned up on him a little bit. Going to have to produce pretty much immediately. Produce some <laughs> results, Ben. Yeah, he's going to have to. <laughs> oh, Taves loves oh! it. Yes. <laughs> we woke the beast. Taves loves it. The poet returns. Yeah. He returns. I can't help it, guys. It just It's just flowing through my veins. Absolutely. Looking at the offensive side of the ball, of course, Todd Fitch joined Louisiana Tech program uh, back in 2016. Has spent a lot of his career uh, with Skip Holtz, you know, at various stops, whether it be at East Carolina or South Florida. Uh, did a nice job here in his four years in Russ, and obviously didn't call the plays with Skip Holtz handling the play calling uh, from his head coaching spot. So I think it surprised me a little bit uh, that he was hired for an SEC job. But 
like we said with Diaco, when you get an opportunity uh, to make nearly a million dollars a year as a coordinator, it's not something that you're going to pass up too many times. You have to imagine he's also probably getting a two- or three-year contract as well. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, you got to probably imagine that what he did with uh, Jamar and how he kind of developed him is is got to be looking good on his resume. Again, Ben, it's always interesting to me just the the inner the web of coaches and like what coaches know about other coaches and how they're respected. And you know, it's tough for a fan who's really only focusing on you know their ten coaches to to know what the rest of the uh, country or how they're valuing your coaches. So it's. It's just always interesting to see who's coming after them and when you when you think they will or when you think they won't and then you know so I'm I'm not shocked by these but I'm I mean I'm not not shocked well, I'm just I I wouldn't have been if they were both here next season I'd have been like eh. yeah and and it's not like something that we're not used to seeing at Louisiana Tech I mean it feels like four or five yeah. coaches Skip's every year staff is just a launching pad if you I mean Skip puts together an NFL staff yeah. You know, I, I mean, I wear his pajamas every night. You know, you know what I'm saying. You don't do that for somebody that ain't getting their coaches hired out. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that's that's the thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, this is such a bad problem. Tech can't keep anybody." Well, it's not a bad problem. It's actually a good problem because the way you keep your coaches is you don't win. So exactly. I'm I'm not. We're kind of callous to it. I feel like we've been covering this for yeah, we're used quite to a it. few years, and it's just you know, it's you, you have successful seasons and get ready to say bye to half your staff. And, and we mentioned, I mentioned earlier that Joe Sloan's expected to be promoted into the offensive coordinator position. Uh, we'll also coach the quarterbacks, of course. Uh, Joe Sloan has been with Skip Holtz for all seven of his years in Ruston. Love Joe. Oh, love Let's Joe. Let's talk about Joe. Hey. I think he'll do an a up and job. comer, is he not? Oh, he's certainly an up and comer. He's a genius. We, we 33 love years old. Obviously, you know, a little, I would say probably. Might be the next Lincoln Riley. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Could be the next coach at Louisiana Tech following Skip Holtz. And speaking of that, did you see the rumor? Skip Holtz has some interest in Mississippi State. <clears throat> yeah. I, the I'm Starkville be, Bulldogs. I'm going to be honest. I tried to get Ben today. I, I tried to act like I heard some inside information that Skip was on his way out and Ben was not fooled. Nah, BC don't He's fall for so that. He's so inside that there's no doubt in his mind that I would ever have any information before him. Well, Beck, if you want to be an inside information grabber, you can join us, BleedTechBlue.com. <laughs> Only a dollar. Only a dollar. One dollar. Ben, you know what? You know how much this coffee costs me? More than a dollar. More than a dollar. Yeah. And it's going to be gone in about 20 minutes. You can join us for one dollar. Use the promo code BTB6. Not only will it get you a month of access at Bleed Tech Blue. What does that six stand for, Ben? It will get you six months of access. Oh, not six bowl games. That could get hey, you six bowl that's games. What I thought. I thought you did. You, I thought you were just playing the little bowl game no, victory. Six months of access, of course. Dunkin' Dogs are in the middle of their season. Uh, you know, baseball season starting up here in a little over a month. Of course, recruiting National Signing Day on February the fifth. Uh, that will also get you access to every single spring practice report uh, through March and April. I know uh, many of you are unable to make it out to the spring game, so be sure to join us. It's just a dollar. One dollar. Uh, imagine, I mean, I know myself, I spent more than a dollar on my kids today buying some pointless chicken nuggets yeah, somewhere. Treat yourself and get you a subscription to Bleed Tech Blue. Yeah, come on, Ben works his butt off. Now, Beck, let me ask you. Skip Holtz to Mississippi State. I don't think we would be surprised if he took the Mississippi State job at fall. Oh, Ben, I got an argument on either side. Let's I hear just, it. No, I'm just saying, like, there, I've convinced myself that he'll never leave, and then I convince myself he's gone tomorrow. I don't I don't know where I stand, Ben, 
There's a part of me you, that wants to believe that Skip loves Rustin. He has a great the, situation. I, I know he loves Rustin, but I'm saying loves it enough to not take any other jobs. Not He's got me. a great situation here. Just straight winning. All right. Needs a little more money, probably. Okay. Yeah, everybody yeah. That's, does. That's got to be the only thing that would jump him up. Ben, I, I mean, you got to believe somewhere like Missy State is probably going to double his salary, if not triple. Uh, probably quadruple. Or quadruple. That's tough to turn down yeah, no I matter what you're so. doing. To pretty much do the same thing somewhere else. I got so, a question for you. How would Skip Holtz perform? How, how would he do in the SEC? Oh. That's a tough job, man. Mississippi Ooh. State's a tough job. I would say it's probably eleventh or twelfth best got job in the SEC. Super high expectations from boosters, fan bases, alumni, whatever. I mean, high expectations, and just not the recruiting's not. I mean, I mean, I mean there's so much competition. So much competition with with Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. I mean, my my theory. I mean, I don't know. This is this is. I just think Mississippi State needs to focus on beating Ole Miss every year, and that's about going to be their ceiling. But <laughs> hey, I love the honesty. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, not that Mississippi State couldn't be, but it's just going to be hard to to be in Alabama. Listen, actually, or- I, I think it could be argued that outside of Vanderbilt, maybe Missouri, Missouri yeah, like. Those might be the only two schools that's a better job. Yeah, you're than. just the whipping stick of the SEC. Yeah, every may, year. maybe South Carolina. I mean, what Dan Mullen did at Mississippi State, like you said, it gave their fan base some unrealistic expectations. Strange guy that Dan Mullen is. Strange guy. Is he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just strange you know fella. Nope. Just, just watch him on the sideline. He's a strange fella. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, anyways, Ben, that's that's. I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, you can hope to be in the top ten and maybe get a. An upset at a big game, you know, like an Auburn to me is, every is a team that like just pops up every now and then and beats a big school. Yeah, if you're Mississippi State, just you know, be happy with that. Yeah, be happy with seven and five. Also, maybe don't go coach there because you're going to last three to four years. And you're going to get canned, but so. you are going to make about twenty million. Yep. So hey. right. depends on what you're really looking for. We're point. making over here at BTB Radio. Hey, hey, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. So Beck, I got another thing for you. Hit me, I'm on fire. We, we've been talking about bowl games. Bulldogs won the six straight bowl yep. games. But I, I wasn't going to bring this up. But knowing you, you're, you're my local homer. You love the state of Louisiana. Yeah. Although, you know, you like to say you're from Alaska. But La Tech, LSU, Tulane, and the Cajuns, 4-0 in bowl games this year. Hey. Does that mean anything to yeah, you? Yeah, we breed them right down here in the boot. All right. Hey. I'm not surprised, Ben. Uh one of the better years on the gridiron for the state, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, not going to lie. It's good. That's a that's a good look for <laughs> recruiting uh, for Louisiana, you know? Yeah, I don't there's see a lot why of, kids would want to go I, out of state. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunity here. And I think in each tier, honestly, you got Gramlin is a good program. You got you know Tech and ULL and Tulane, which are, are good middle-of-the-road middle of programs oh, up yeah. and up, you know? And then you got you know the other school I won't mention that – you know, seems to be at the top. Yeah, so, they seem to be. Seem to be. So I'm just saying, if you're anywhere on that spectrum as a Louisiana athlete, stay in the state. But I'll ask you this. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that the ref cost the Saints the game. We're he not. Didn't. We're not even. We're not he even going to talk about the Saints playoff game. But he didn't. Good friend of the program, Boston Scott, wrapped up Ooh. his. It's his second season with the Philadelphia Eagles. Got about nine touches in their playoff game, although they lost. But. Congrats to Boston on yeah. a solid second if Boston, season. I mean, this is about as good as it could have turned out for Boston to especially come out at the end of the year and just show that he can contribute in a big way. And, you know, you kind of felt like... Kind of earning out a role. Yep, yep. You kind of felt like, you know, there was some good vibes behind the Eagles who, you know, you could barely name anybody on the roster that was starting. But 
they have been winning, you know? And so it's like on paper, it's like, oh, they can't do it. But then it's like, man, I just, they just keep doing it. So, but, hey, that game he had game. against the Giants a couple weeks ago prior yeah. to the playoffs. Yeah. Pretty good. Like the Fox call, who is Boston Scott? And he, I know. he busted out a spin move in the middle of the field with no one around I know. him. And oh, then, it was sick. Oh, and then you got like, you know, the, you know, some big, the Sunday night football Twitter or whatever, yeah. you know, like says that Sunday feeling, and it's a you know it's Boston a little gift of Boston Scott. It's like I mean he's he's representing the league. He was the out truth. of all the gifts of all the players in the league, they picked Boston in his touchdown dance, which I can do. Yeah, you yeah, can do I it. I can do it absolutely. So of course, if you're looking for some NFL action this weekend, Jelly Bean Ellis, Jalen Ferguson, Baltimore Ravens will play host to the Tennessee Titans, and then Tremont Williams and the Green Bay Packers. Will play host to who do the pack? Oh, they'll play the Seahawks. So uh, that'll be in Green Bay. So if you're looking to get your Heard eyes, they got the replacement refs coming out for this game. Really? Yeah, might need them. Might need them. So of course, if you're looking for some Bulldogs in action in the NFL playoffs, give Jelly Bean, Jalen, and Tremont your undivided attention. So, like I mentioned, big show planned coming up in the next segment. We're going to recap the Independence Bowl win over Miami at six thirty. We'll take a look back at the 2019 season. Then coming up at 645, we will talk the top 10 players of the past decade. 7 p.m., former Bulldog cornerback Amik Robertson will join the program. Then at 715, we'll put a bow on it, talk some Dunkin' Dogs, Lady Texter basketball. Let's go ahead and take our first time out. We come back from the break. We'll be talking a little eyeball. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe, and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. If you've been waiting for just one more good reason to buy a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden, here it is. New EasyGo Carts from Fairway Carts are available with lithium batteries. That means a much longer battery life, which means more time for you to be out having fun on your EasyGo. From a standard golf cart to the big four and six passenger carts for the whole family. EasyGo is the industry leader in lithium battery technology. Their batteries are 100% maintenance-free, deliver consistent performance with a longer life and much quicker charging time than conventional batteries. And best of all, they come with an unprecedented eight-year battery warranty. Don't wait any longer. You've got all the reasons you need to buy a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden. Come see the big selection in the showroom on Highway 531 just north of I-20 or call 318-371-CART. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426.
find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Top Line, 888-993-7762. Back in Bleed Tech Blue Radio, VC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor. Got a text on the text line, Beck, from Cookie. I'm losing the text. Where'd it go? I'm having a little trouble myself. It's not loading. We'll get it pulled up here. Oh, I here got it. it. Okay. Oh, you got it. Read. You got no, it. No, you go got it. no, no. You got it. Remember when Skip went to South Florida, didn't fare well? I think Skip put up a legacy and needs to stay where he is. Probably loves what he's doing here. Just my opinion. He would not do well at all at Mississippi State. The standards are too high for that program, that, and that is not good. Uh, hey, listen, Cookie. We all got our opinion. Yeah. At Mississippi State, we're not far off. Not as harsh, but yeah, we're not far Mississippi off. Mississippi State certainly thinks that they're a lot better than they really are. So, Beck, let's go back. December twenty sixth, following Christmas Day, we, you and I, we made the short drive over to Shreveport, had the opportunity to the, attend the Independence Bowl. We was a three p.m. kickoff. Bulldogs win fourteen zero. Let's be honest. I, I thought it was a pretty solid showing by the Bulldog faithful. Oh, unbelievable. I was shocked. I really was. I thought day after Christmas, people are traveling. It's kind of like weirdly hot when it should be cold. Yeah. You know. Listen, I, I, was, I was surprised. The one thing I'll say. Also, we kind of commented that walking around. I mean, we walk around every game. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's your home. You're used to seeing people in the same general area. But I felt like we walked around for forever, and I didn't recognize any. any no, tech I agree. Fans. I was with like, that. "Where'd you Where'd you come from? Yeah. I've never seen you before." No, you said that to me like four or five I was like, times. I haven't seen anybody. I don't know who any of these people are. Hey, which is great. I mean, it's like bowl game fans. Hey, bye week back, got bowl game tech fans. Hey, I like no. Listen, I I thought it was a tremendous show. I think the announced crowd was a little over thirty three thousand. I think that was pretty close, probably to accurate. Uh, I thought Miami brought more fans than I expected them to. But yeah, if you're Miami, why? Like, yeah, spending Christmas at the casino, just making you even more broke. (laughs) Plus a shutout. Whew, had to be one of the rougher Christmases they've ever been through. Yeah. But listen, I thought the tech crowd came out. Uh, you know, it wasn't a game where it was just hype. You know, you know, throughout the game for all four quarters, I think there was twenty something punts uh, between the two teams. Obviously, a defensive battle that ended in fourteen to zero. But uh, the crowd really got involved late in the game. Uh, like we said, the Bulldog defense stood tall. I don't think Miami got inside the Tech forty yard line the entire game. Uh, so. While Miami was pretty inept on the offensive side of the ball, what Tech did defensively without Amik Robertson, without Willie Baker, you certainly have to give them some credit because um, this was their most complete game of the year. Forced three turnovers. I think they had four sacks. Your boy, Connor Taylor, holy cow, all over the place. He's an animal. Won the defensive MVP. You know, Aaron Roberson, a fifth-year senior, playing his final home game in his hometown, or his final game in his hometown, comes up with a big interception late. Almost had another one. Almost had another one right there at the end. Really, the interceptions that he had in the fourth quarter really gave you and I the thought, like, this game's over. Like, it was only 7 nothing, but Miami wasn't winning that football game uh, with the lack of ability that their quarterbacks were playing. But, Beck, you look at these six straight bowl games, and listen, this one wasn't pretty by any means, but from a fan perspective, I think this one has to be the most appealing. Like, you beat the U, 
in, in 10 years, when, when we look back on Louisiana Tech beating Miami, uh, are you going to say, oh, that was a 6-7 and seven Miami team? Heck no, you're going to change the story. And you're going to say Tech beat a 9-3 and three Miami team, right? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I'd change it. And we also got to see Tate Martell. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Short-lived. <laughs> there was some great Twitter action after Tate Martell came Tell out. us about the tweet we saw. Uh, it was... It was something like Tate Martell's stint in Miami. The Tate Martell era. The Tate Martell era at Miami, December 26th, 5.10 to 5.15 p.m. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, if you don't know who Tate Martell is, he was the prized quarterback transfer that the U landed from Ohio State. And um, really his only action at the quarterback position was in the eyeball against Louisiana Tech. Looking at, you know, we got we got to talk Jamar. We got to. We got to tell last game, game not that impressive, Ben. Now it you wasn't. like to talk about how Miami's had the number thirteen defense in the country. The U was pretty good on defense. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, Jamar looks pretty out of it. He didn't look great. S- yeah. Sailing some throws. Uh, I don't know if he was just checked out. I doubt he was checked out in his final game of his career. I don't know, Ben. Looks pretty checked out. Did he? Yeah. Little little checked out. But this is totally off topic, but that's why we're here. <laughs> Had a guy comment on Bleed Tech Blue Radio when when you talk about the the 2019 season. We were talking on the message boards and things that you'll remember the most. And one was like, "We have to keep Beck on the radio because Beck keeps Ben in line and keeps Ben from predicting 12 and 0 seasons every Who year." Who says that? A guy on the Bleed Tech Blue message. Right, board. He's right. He ben. is. Uh, he's right. You're so honest. Uh, we, I, we we are so thankful for your average fan. What do you want me to? What do you want me to say? Jamar lit it up. I mean, I know he's your boy, but I'm not saying he lit it up. I'm just being honest. That's I mean, the he, guy came, said. he had a couple great plays there at the end when everybody thought he was going to kneel. He pushed in. Great. Congrats. Scored 14 points. Hey, hey. Let me ask you a question. And I, I'm not meaning to call out your sports knowledge by any means. Well, it won't take much. <laughs> who? who who was the last Louisiana Tech quarterback to win 10 games in a season? I don't know. Probably Teddy. I mean, uh, Terry. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Terry, I mean. Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, who was it? I don't know. Not a clue. Uh, and that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> that's my point. Do you even know? Was it, no. I guess, Dunnigan, maybe? No, nah, it was prior to Dunnigan. It was in 84. You don't even know. I oh, can, do you? I'll have to look it up during the break. Oh, no, you I don't, don't know. know. No, I don't. You're just asking me questions. No. You don't even know the answer to You know why? Because nobody remembers. Th- that'd be that's, my guess. That's be not Dunnigan. fair. Can we get our stat guy on that? Yeah, we'll have to get the stat guy. Ben, give that's couple, ridiculous. You cannot up. ask me a question saying I'm a terrible fan when you don't even know the answer. Hey, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm certainly. Just, hey, who, who threw the first 10 interceptions in Louisiana Tech history? Uh, got, got stat teams on it. <laughs> I don't know, Ben. Neither do you. Kyle Gandy. <laughs> is is what? The last tech quarterback to win 10 games. Did somebody text season. you? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Gandy. Not Stephen Gandy's brother. Cool. Do you remember Kyle? No, but neither do you because you hey, didn't even know who it was. Give the kid some credit. I got a question for you. I, hey, I I'm really, 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 really glad Jamar won 10 games. I'm just saying his last game wasn't that impressive. I, I agree. But let me ask you this. All right. What's the Do I care? No, we got the dub. We did get the dub. Let, let's be honest. All right. I'm going to give you two scenarios. Why did we get the dub? Miami's offense was horrible. Let me give, let me give you two scenarios. Kind of, well, never mind. Let me give you two scenarios. All right, Tech goes nine and three in the regular season, win the conference championship against FAU, move to ten and three. This is a scenario. Yeah, go to ten and three. 
lose the bowl game to Miami? Or would you take the role reversal, 9-3, and three, beat the U in a bowl game, don't win a conference championship? Uh, I'm going to be really honest. I want a conference championship. <laughs> I can tell you who wouldn't remember the conference championship. Every fan in America. Because you know what they're still talking about? The dogs beating the U. Yeah, it happened like a week and a half ago, Ben. Oh, who did ULL play? I mean, who did ULL play last night? Uh, Miami of Ohio. In what bowl game? The Lending Tree Bowl. Oh, Ben! <laughs> Sucker! The Lending Tree yes, Bowl. Yes, the literal Lending Tree Bowl. All right, who did? All right, uh, all right. Who did FAU? I mean, FIU face off with in their bowl game? Ben, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just exactly my that, point. That's my beating point. Beating the U people are still talking oh, about no, no, it. No, three that's, weeks that's later. my argument for a conference championship. You don't have a. Clue. You can re, you can recite who won the conference championship the last five years. You probably can't. You, you probably can't. Have, you probably have no idea who the last conference USA has been playing in bowl games the last five years. But I bet you can list the last five conference champions. Guarantee I can't. Well, that's you're dumb. <laughs> conference championship is way no beating the U is far more significant. Far I don't, more I don't on know. the national landscape. I mean, that's a big deal. Okay, what about our other bowl wins against Illinois uh, Navy? Yeah, ranked Navy team. What about it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, who was the other? Arkansas State. Wow. Way to go, dogs. Arkansas State. Whew. What would have been better that year, conference championship or a bowl game? <laughs> conference championship. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. You're talking about just this year? It's 629 on January 7th, and you're really grinding my gears. Then. <laughs> This keep, year, keep okay, Miami. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Miami was a big deal this year. Okay, keep sipping your little coffee. We should have won conference championship. No, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, but I give I you a scenario. I kind of want to be defending conference chip, conference championship, champion, conference champions. I kind of want to be defending conference champions going into next year. My I, bad. I kind of do too. I kind of do too. Let's go ahead and take our next time out when we come back and recap the 2019 season. You're listening, Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. Stick to your 2020 resolution with a lighter meal option. Try our 8-inch specialty pizza bowl and salad combo at Johnny's Pizza House. With eight pizza bowl flavors to choose from, like our Mighty Meaty Chicken Ranchero or our Bacon Cheeseburger Bowl, you can enjoy your favorite pizza without the crust and with 400 less calories. Dine in or pick up yours today at any participating location. Ring in the new year full of flavor and guilt-free with Johnny's Pizza House. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. all the time. Excuse me? No, it doesn't. You always alert me. My point exactly. Cars that have forward-facing cameras need to be recalibrated when you replace the windshield. How would I know that? Most people don't. Next time, take it to Acme Glass and Mirror. They were the first one in the region that could replace your windshield and recalibrate your forward-facing camera. And unlike taking it to a dealership and paying out of pocket, Acme will bill your insurance. It's that easy. Thanks. I'm going to Acme Glass and Mirror. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. 
Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888-993-7762. We're back with Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Woo! Ben Carlisle, Beck Ace, John Taylor. Getting a little feisty in here. Beck, Beck's really grinding my gears tonight. I'm not going to lie, but you know what? I'm going to push his gears a little bit more. We're going to recap this 2019 season. Of course, Louisiana Tech finishes 10-3. and Ten wins for the first time since 1984. The first time the Bulldogs have won ten games at the FBS slash Division One level. Of course, Beck, you know, Amik Robertson, obviously uh, a first-team All-American, five interceptions, first-team All-Conference. Jamar Smith, Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. So th- there's a number of different things that we could talk about Reeves, Blankenship, second team, all deep snappers. Absolutely. There's a number of different things we could talk about from a positive standpoint, from a negative standpoint. But I wanted to ask you, like, from your point of view, who who, who or what were some things that surprised you that you didn't necessarily expect to see coming into this year? That's a good question. Uh, Henderson? Justin Henderson was eaten. I mean, I don't think – I think – Going into this year, it was Dancy, right? We were wondering if Dancy was going to be healthy, and I didn't think, I don't think anybody thought Justin Henderson would have the role that he had. Hey, over 1,062 yards, 15 touchdowns. He was exciting, Ben. He wasn't just, no, he was fun. He to wasn't watch. just carrying people four yards every time he touched the ball. He had plenty of long And he can hurdle, too. Oh, oh, can he hurdle? Bet we got a text on the text line. All right, hit me. If P5 and conference championships are the bomb, <laughs> Can Beck please name oh the last five Pac-12 champions? If not, why would anyone remember the last five G5 Probably champions? Probably like Oregon, 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 <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> okay. I don't know, Ben. <laughs> Oregon, Oregon. I mean, Oregon, seriously, Oregon. seriously. I mean, Ben, I'm sorry I don't know a conference that but I don't I'm, even – No, what I'm saying is – I'm talking about, like, in our circle, like, if we're in Conference USA, then we're going to be paying attention to Conference USA. I'm not really talking about I'm talking national about, media. Yeah, I'm talking about okay, the yeah, national For landscape. the national media, yeah, it's cool. Tech beat Miami. That's tight. But for where we're going, where we want to go, yeah. we need some conference natties. Well, where are we going? Ben, I, nowhere if we don't win a conference natty. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Tell your brother – that wasn't my brother. It was probably your brother. Your dad? Uh, all right. Was it your dad? <laughs> no. Was it Miss Bleed Tech Blue? No. Okay. It Moving on. Brother. Some players that surprised me this year. I think, number one, I would say Jamar performed over what I thought he would. Yeah. I think I, we, I was expecting a little like, more. I thought he would be been better, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't think he'd be this good. Yeah. And so you have to give him some credit. Obviously, you mentioned Justin Henderson. Uh, Malik Stanley, yep. give him some credit. Didn't even know who he was. Yeah, and, and coming into the year, I thought he'd be more of a depth piece at receiver. Ends up leading the team with 640 yards receiving, three touchdowns. 
Uh, I certainly hope he gets a shot at the next level. I think he has the body yeah, just uh, to play a, a tight end he's spot. DK Metcalf's little brother or something. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Yeah, he's huge. As uh, Ben would put it, when you play in NCAA and you create a player, it's Malik Stanley. Hey, you have heard me say <laughs> I, know, I, I appreciate I know. you listening to me. It really resonated me. with me. I appreciate Here's another you one. Uh, Bailey Hale. He hey two hey. misses in the Texas game, but then he was nails. Was he perfect? Uh, I think he missed one field goal the remainder of the year. Wow, that's impressive. I think he finished fourteen of seventeen. Could have used a few more touchbacks, but hey, we won't get picky. Got one in the eyeball. Yeah, we did. Hey, that's all hey. that matters. Big stage. went out on Big, top. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Bailey Hale. De- looking at the defensive side of the ball, uh, Ezekiel Barnett, a former walk-on from Benton. Uh, you know, a back, clearly a backup entering the season. Comes in, and by the end of the year, him and James Jackson were splitting reps at outside linebacker. I think Barnett ended up playing more snaps uh, than Jackson did during the season. So uh, he was certainly a big positive. My er, boy Connor Taylor. Connor Taylor. Was he a surprise? No. I really he's consistent he's from senior. day one. Yeah, day one. Your boy. Hey, if you want to learn how to practice. Young play. I know you probably won't be able to anymore because he's a senior, but you should have gone to watch him practice. You want to be good? Watch what did Connor he do Taylor. so well? I mean – just bulldozing every play, 110%. Also, good team guy, Ben. I mean, you know that's important 110%. He would lay somebody out. Was he a team captain? I don't know. No. Tell you who wasn't. Actually, I'm not because you already know. But he'd lay somebody out in practice, pick him up, give him a little tap on the shoulder, say, let's get it, baby. I think Milton Williams leading the team in quarterback sacks would have surprised me. On the negative side about players not performing well, I think you have to point out Adrian Hardy. Uh, certainly didn't have as big of a year after a strong Except, sophomore season. I would say I'm not surprised. You had him going like I don't know, first overall in the NFL draft, and I was not. I didn't have. I wouldn't. I didn't, wouldn't see. So him. why were you not surprised? Just because I, I. You didn't think he no, would go for a thousand uh, again? I did not. Really? Yep. It's interesting. I, I think you know from a negative standpoint. I, I don't think this. I don't think this guy had a bad season. I just expected more in a sack production. When you look at Willie Baker, uh, I know he had ten tackles for loss, but he only had one sack. He did have thirty-three quarterback pressures. But I, I really thought after his bowl game performance as a sophomore uh, that he would be that premier pass rusher to help Tech replace Jalen Ferguson. And really, they were just never really able to get that going. Uh, from a you know a pass rushing standpoint, so uh, I think when you look at Adrian Hardy, Willie Baker, uh, you could throw Jaquise Dancy in there. I know he was nagged by injuries throughout the year, but I and think sickness, yeah, yeah. But I think we expected him to have a bigger senior Roll, season right. than he did. Uh, so you know those are kind of some things positive, negative that we expected. But you look back on this season, what, how was this season better than you expected? Yeah from when we talked about it way back in August. Well, I think we could look at the schedule and, and know a little bit about Conference USA and, and what the other teams were bringing to the table. And I think we definitely, certainly thought this was possible. But what I will say is, you know, that we use the term, like, you know, we, we tech ourselves. Like, that didn't happen this that year. That did not, like. well, it, it, ha- it happened in a very unique field, way. On the field, you're right. On the field, it did not happen this year. So, I think this was the first year that, Things were really honestly going what we thought Tech had the potential to do instead of dropping a game where we're like, man, what is that? You know? Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, with the suspensions of, of some key players, that was definitely uh, not expected and um, a huge blow to the season. But I don't know. Not that I'd say I'd rather that happen than it uh, off the field than on the field, but at least off the field it's easier to, to blame. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, like, well, I mean, it's easier to understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and, just, and I think that's a good point. When you talk about – 
when this team had its full complement of pieces, they were 10-1. and one. And I think that's the big thing that you look back on this season. It's like, like this was a dang good football yeah. team. And I want to be careful of that, too, because it's not like other teams. You know, people are like, oh, it's nine or 10-3 and three with an asterisk because Skip won with the starting quarterback every game he played except Texas. It's like, yeah, well, every team in the nation no, has uh, injuries. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, Saban loses Tua. Like, what happens? They drop a game to Auburn. Yeah, like, exactly. It happens, okay? And part of being a coach is next man up. So, I certainly don't want to make excuses, but, man, what could have been, BC? Yeah. What well, could have been? I certainly agree. So, you, so you talk about the, the suspensions, the, the you know, the little unforeseen things that you couldn't see happen er, happening earlier in the year. It is, is that what this season will most be remembered by? You know, the kind of the mantra of what could have been. Like, this season could have been so much better. It wasn't. Now, like you said, it was a great year. It was certainly a season that you could use as a building block going forward, but will that be what you remember the most? Uh, yeah, I, I think getting to ten wins is, is a really big deal, and um, and you know ending it like like Tech did with a, with a tenth win and against Miami, I think that definitely helps. I think if anything, it hurt Jamar's legacy. Uh, I think it did a little bit. No, I, I I'll I, be honest. I, I think, think it did. Yeah, I think if he if that doesn't happen, and even if he wins one of those two games, in the even if he doesn't win a conference yeah, championship, I think, I think he's viewed yeah, in a much more right. positive. Tech light. would have been eleven and two, and and you know people, yeah, exactly, would have been viewed in a more positive light. So, um, from a recruiting standpoint, this is a, this is a big year for Tech to to be on that stage, beat Miami, get to ten wins, be consistent, number one recruiting class. Like it, it's certainly something you can build on to push forward yeah. into the future. Now, now that you've seen Tech win ten games, like I don't think it's unrealistic for us to say, hey, like with this roster, you know what, whatever year, I, I think we're going to. This talk could about, have happened the past three years. No, I it, agree. It completely could have happened the last three years, and. But now I think we've seen it happen. Yeah, and there is a little bit of the stars aligning, Ben. I I would say the other teams in Conference USA weren't as strong as they have been in the past. And and so my only fear is that this is the last time the stars align for a couple more years. Because Well, that's a question I have. Looking ahead to next season, obviously you lose eight starters defensively on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, you lose three key offensive linemen, but you return everyone at the skill positions outside of Malik Stanley. It, you know, obviously you'll be breaking in a new quarterback, whether it's Aaron Allen, Jackson Thompson, Weston Elliott, or, you know, who knows, maybe Tech goes on the outside and tries to find a grad transfer. But you look at where this program is. Skip's been here seven years. Obviously, he's done a tremendous job at building the depth and truly building a program. Let's ask ourselves, is 2020 a rebuild or is it more of a kind of a reload situation where – you might not have seen players play a ton, but you know that they're talented. They've had some experience on the field. It's just now their turn. Yeah, the only thing that makes me lean to rebuild is just we don't we don't know what we have at quarterback. I, I think Aaron Allen is um I I trust him in the sense of not making a ton of irresponsible throws yeah, and I agree. you know, but I, I just fear the I don't production. Know, I don't know where the high yeah. end you know, yeah. the high end talent's at. So but I would say from the rest of the team standpoint, I mean Bailey Hale was great. Yeah, Bailey Hale was great this year. Uh, maybe it, you know, how much does that really affect a game? Like to have a kicker that goes, you know, he was fourteen to seventeen this year. Maybe we have one that goes twelve or thirteen to seventeen next year. You hope that that's not yeah. deciding two games. But you know, there's just some other positions. We're not. I don't feel like we're losing just massive holes like well, and we I, have in the past. No, I except agree. Except for quarterback. Well, and you're losing a Meek Robertson. Can, can you replace a quarter, right, a, a but quarterback? It, but you got some guys that can step in. Yeah, we were worried about the bowl game. And then 
And, the and, first shutout of the season. Exactly. And a guy like Aaron Roberson, a guy that hadn't played a ton as a senior, but, hey, his number was called and he stepped in and did a nice job. And you got some players like that that, you know, Skip always talks about how Jamar didn't get the opportunity to grow up behind the curtain. Well, most of the players that you will see next year stepping into starting roles are guys that have grown up behind the, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak. So I think, like you said, you can look at it, rebuild, reload. A lot of it is going to depend on the production that Tech can get out of that quarterback position. You look at the schedule next year, you know, the non-conference opponents at UNLV, you have to expect to win that game. Prairie View, of course, you expect to win that game. Baylor, of course, they'll be breaking in a new head coach. Their quarterback had four concussions this year. Who knows if he'll even be playing football in 2020. And then you got a late-season road game at Vanderbilt. We know what Vanderbilt is from an SEC standpoint. So the non-conference schedule is not a gauntlet by any means. You look at in-conference, Marshall, UAB, Rice, and UTEP are the home games. I think it's fair to say you should win your four conference home games. And then you go on the road, of course, Abraham will be a senior at Southern Miss. That'll, ain't worried about Jack. Right, seven and six this year ain't bad. You go to two FIU. Uh, of course, they were six and seven this year. Butch Davis will be breaking in a new quarterback as well. UTSA's on a new head coach. Who knows what they'll be at quarterback. And then, of course, North Texas loses Mason Fine. They're off a four and eight season. It's never easy to win in Denton. But you look at the schedule in 2020, it, it's another one you look at and you say, hey, it's another opportunity, like you said, maybe the stars align for a second consecutive year, and then I think if it does, maybe we don't view it as the stars are aligning. We view it as, hey, this Tech, is a program that can right. win ten games on a yearly basis. Right, and I, you know, I, I don't want to say that oh, our competition's lesser, so Tech will be better. That's just part of it. Like you can't, it's not apples to apples well, every single year. No, I agree. There's different factors involved, but this is part of. You know, same thing with the Patriots being so dominant. They had a first round bye in every one of their yep. Super Bowl wins. Like that's a that it matters. It matters. Like, well, it's why. You yeah, can, they won all year to get that, but still, it's like. Well, it's why you can't say Skip Holtz is fifty six and thirty six. He's arguably uh, the best Tech head coach of the D one era, and people want to say, well, he hadn't had to play the schedules that other coaches have. Well, it, it's a different era. Yeah, like, it's everything a whole, changes. It's a whole different argument. We can yeah. go two days talking about. But yeah. all that Tech can do is is you play who's who, in front yeah, of you. Play, play who's in front of you and. And uh, so, I don't know. I mean, Aaron Allen may surprise us next no, year. He, if he, he really plays. Might. Yeah. If he plays, he may surprise us. A- absolutely. So, it's certainly a good discussion. It's certainly, I think the 10-win season has certainly got us exciting, uh, excited looking ahead to 2020. I think there's some buzz around the program uh, that maybe we haven't necessarily seen entering a season. Uh, you know, like, you know, it felt like it was a little less, you know, entering 2018 and 2019. So, certainly looking forward to another year in 2020 just wondering is it time for spring practice because i'm ready for football to return so let's go ahead take our next time out we come back from the break i'm going to give you my top 10 players from the 2010 to 2019 decade you're listening to bleed tech blue radio sports talk 97.7 at first national bank we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers with competitive rates tailored loans and exceptional customer service your experience with us is sure to be like no other we invite you to come tailgate before every louisiana tech home game first national bank we are the uncommon bank 
Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, go to O'NeillGas.com. Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat. And you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoked cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. Hey, y'all, I'm Amanda Shaw. Louisiana is known around the world as a place to feed your soul. Lucky for you, you're already here. That's why you should stay in this weekend. Enjoy a close-by, far-from-ordinary staycation right here in Louisiana. Reacquaint yourself with the one-of-a-kind culture the world can't get enough of. After all, it's yours. This is Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser inviting you to visit louisianastaycation.com and stay in this weekend. Sponsored by the Louisiana Office of Tourism. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Top Line, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC Beckhane's John Tabor doing a If fight. only you guys could be in the studio at breaks. Hey. If only. Pretty high quality. Not going to lie. So, Beck, you know, we, we just wrapped up a decade. This is a pretty short segment. It's already 6.50, so we only got 10 minutes before Meek Robertson joins us at the top of the hour. But you look back at this decade. Bulldogs go 78-51. and 51, uh, Average nearly 10 wins, or 10 wins, nearly 8 wins a year, uh, which is certainly the best of any decade in quite some time. Win one conference championship in 2011. That's back in the whack days. Yeah. Gotta love the Western Athletic Too long, Conference. BC. But hey, we got six bowl wins. We do so got that's all that matters. Six bowl wins. 39 first team all conference performers. Three offensive player of the years. Colby Cameron, Carlos Henderson, Jamar Smith. Two defensive player of the years. Adrian Cole and Jalen Ferguson. And mm. one MVP in Ryan Higgins. So just wanted to discuss kind of some of our favorite players some of our you know kind of our top 10 players from this past decade and you know who who are some names that really stick out in your mind I, and well, I you need to go first because you want you, me to go you, first yeah, you asked me to put together my the top 10 best players of the decade and we're probably going to have pretty a much lot of the, the same. same players so okay. I decided to take a different angle and go with some honorable mentions that I enjoyed watching Ben they may not even have the stats they may not have even touched the field Ben but did I like it you like them. I like them. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So hey, you I, go told, ahead. I told you to bring Yeah. So you so, go ahead with your little so here, here are legends some, list. Here are some players that did not make my list that I did oh. consider. Are you ready? Well, you need to tell your, your real you list You want to hear my list first. Yeah, you need to do your list first. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Best player of the decade. Number Numero uno. Kenneth Dixon. Running back. Not bad. 87 career touchdowns. I believe when his career wrapped up, he That's was the NCAA all-time leader. That's a lot of tutties. Number two. Join us in the next segment, Amik Roberts. Wow, number two. Yep, 23 tackles for loss, 14 interceptions, 34 passes defended in only three years. And I just, the impact that he made 
Yeah, there's a lot of stats. Cannot be overstated. A lot of stats that aren't being shown there that really shows how We've talked exactly. about that numerous times. How impactful times. he was. They don't throw at him because he's good. Number three, sack daddy. Sack daddy. Jalen Ferguson, 45 sacks. NCAA's all-time leader. It, it was Honestly, it's a little crazy to me. Just looking at this list at how many great players Tech has had. Which, which is wild. I mean, with Kenneth and, which I don't know if Kenneth is still upstanding. Is it? What was that guy from? Uh, uh, no, Keenan Riddles at Navy broke yeah, the record. But, but anyways, all just time to have leader. two like, national, pretty uh, uh, big For big those records. Yeah, yeah, that's a big like, deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Number four, the man himself, Trent Taylor. Woo, 327 electric. catches. I believe electric. that's second all time. Uh, over 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns. Just a guy, he showed up to work I every day. I just remember him getting the ball and there being nobody within 10 or 15 yards from in the middle of the field all the time. Yeah, just wide Incredible open. route runner. runner. Number five, Quentin Patton. Hey, Only general. here two years, but mm. from a leadership standpoint, playing the receiver position, that dude, you're talking about bringing it. Man, you want to talk about He was exciting. fun to watch. Tech started like 10 out of 10 games with a deep bomb to QP, and he caught about nine of them. Yeah, I agree. Number six, perhaps the best ball carrier that I think I've seen since Troy Edwards, Carlos Henderson. Nearly mm. 3,000 yards receiving, 33 total touchdowns, uh, a great kick returner as well, a third-round pick in the NFL draft. Hasn't quite worked out for him, but Carlos Henderson, uh, I don't think we realize how special he yeah, truly was. he caught it, he was gone. He was good. Forget about it. Number seven, NFL safety, Xavier Woods, West Monroe mm-hmm. product, four-year starter, uh, did so many different things. I'll never forget the year he had in 2014 under Manny Diaz. I think he had six interceptions. I think he had like 230 return yards on those interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like He was dynamic, 14 interceptions for his career, uh, Xavier Woods. Um, I think he was the best defensive back that we'd seen prior to a meek. But I think Amik was better than him. So well, obviously, he's the best. you got Amik number two all time. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. In the decade. Yeah, thanks for – hey, he right. might be the number two all time. All right, whoa, whoa. <laughs> number eight, the best return man in NCAA history when he wrapped up his career. Tabor, I'm sure you remember the name and you loved watching him. Philip Saturday Night Livis. Oh, he was special. I'll never forget the Independence Bowl kick return uh, that he had against, was that Northern Illinois Tech wins that game 17-10, to and Livis wrapped up his career in 2010, so he barely made this list, but, man, he was dynamic when it came to returning kicks and punts. You know, nagging injuries uh, certainly hampered him for a lot of his career, but uh, he was special, especially in the return game. Number nine, Adrian Cole. He's the best linebacker Tex had in quite some time. You look back at that 2011 team, they win a conference championship. I think they reeled off seven straight wins to end the year. Uh, that was when Colby Cameron took over for Nick Isham at quarterback. And Cole, in the middle of that defense his senior year, 128 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss. I think he's the best linebacker uh, that Tech has had, you know, especially since 2011. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at it prior to that, but he was certainly uh, one of the better linebackers Tech's ever seen, the product of Mobile, Alabama. Now, the 10th player, Beck, I had some difficulties. Yeah, I've, I've got three or four in my brain. I'm surprised you haven't listed off. I, I had to decide between three players, not going with Jamar. 
Number ten. I, I had I can't decide between Colby Cameron, obviously two thousand twelve, mm. one of the best offenses in NCAA history. He was the commander of that offense at the quarterback position. Jeff Driscoll. I think Jeff Driscoll is the most talented quarterback that Louisiana Tech might have ever had. And I don't say that lightly. Outside of Terry Bradshaw, talent-wise, he might be the most talented. You know, let's be honest. He was the number one recruit in the country at the quarterback position out of high school. Driscoll was special, special young man as well. Or, my last choice, Ryan Higgins. You look at the year Higgins put together in 2016. Not only did they average 45 points a game, Higgins threw for 4,617 yards, and he missed a game. 41 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. I can't decide between those three quarterbacks, so you know what? It's my show, so I'll go with three guys for number hey, 10. To me, it's Colby, just because what he did with the offense I know you're being a big Colby fan. I know, but listen, number one offense in the country, Louisiana Tech, are you kidding me? Special. And his non-interception streak. He longest in NCAA history. I wonder if that record still holds. Maybe. Fine. Where's our stat guy? We got our stat guy in that? No, nah, we don't. Okay. Ben, that's a great list. Uh, I don't know about the order, but I'm going to let it slide. Some honorable mentions. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, let's hear them. My boy, IK. You loved, loved IK. Him. Loved him. Into Geno Smith's career, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, also throws a nasty right hook. Yeah. I'm just... Hey, it was fun he, to watch. Remember that year he played with that cast on? Yes. Woo. Just clubbing people out there. I already forgot my other one. <laughs> Ron Allen? No. Ron, ooh, okay. I'll give him I'll give him an honorable mention. I've never been I, excited I think for Ron. Allen's puns. top ten, dude. Yeah. dude. Two, two time. I used to cheer. Two time Ray guy. Oh, Ray guy. Yeah. Yeah. We no, used to Allison. cheer for punts almost. <laughs> True. First of all, they were rare because offense was good. Yeah. Second of all, he put it. Within the five-yard line, about 90% of the time. Third off, he was number 86, so I thought he played receiver, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian Allen was great. Um, gosh, I had another one. Jamar Smith? No. Boston Scott? Boston was great. Boston was sneaky, though. I'm going to be honest. Boston really only had that one exceptional yeah. year, which kept him off the list for yeah, me. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Jellybean Ellis? Jellybean. Uh, who did I say today? I Vernon said, Butler? Nope. Wasn't him. Also good. Uh, R.P. Stewart? Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> Cody Sokol? Cody was great. Cody, the toughness that Cody Sokol had. My gosh. I cannot remember who my Houston Bates? Houston Bates was good. I mean, you want to put Joe Sloan in there? <laughs> Don't think he played. <laughs> O'Shea Dugas. I mean, there's what's crazy to me is there's so many great players. David Grew. I liked watching him. David Grew. Stellar. Stellar. So many great players that we've seen play at you know, over the past decade. I mean, pretty much every... Oh, I got it. All right. Scuba Steve. Who's that? The center. Steven Warner? Yes. One I'll, of the I'll smartest guys to no, ever be on the football team. I think he's probably the best offensive lineman that Tex had. I know. Are you proud of me for no, that? Warner was good. Yeah, I'm Give really me a high five. That was good. Warner was That's good. That's who I was thinking of. Warner was the the center in 2012. He conducted for, the offense. A 4.0 engineering student as well. I mean... Whew. Hey. Warner, what, where's we need we need Fox to do it. Where is he now? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do? We got, we got to call that dude. Can we get him on the show? Yeah, we can try. We can certainly try. So certainly a tremendous amount of great players to come through Louisiana Tech. Like we probably just mentioned twenty names. I bet seventeen of them uh, have played in the NFL at some point. Hey, how about Miles White? Oh, dude, yes, Miles White. Him baby. and QP. Woo! Couldn't stop him. 
putting stomachs. Let's go ahead, take our next time out when we come back from the break. Be talking to Amik Robertson, former quarterback of the Bulldogs. You're listening to Bleed Take Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe, and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, DQ fans, are you craving more happy for less money? Because the six-meal deal is ready to be your next flavor time fill-up. It's your choice of a full-size entree, either a double with cheese or chicken strips, plus a refreshing Coke, fries, and sundae, all for just six bucks. And it's available all day long. So whenever the hunger hits, you can start mealing and dealing. Only at your DQ. Happy tastes good. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. Get ready for a healthy dose of Louisiana Tech Sports. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank, is back on the radio. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888 993 7762 Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor running the board. It's now time for an interview we've been looking forward to tonight. Certainly a favorite of ours, a player that certainly had a tremendous Louisiana Tech career. Former cornerback Amik Robertson joins us on the Fairway Carts Hotline. Amik, how we doing tonight? What's up, my man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Certainly appreciate you joining us tonight, Namik. Let's go back to 2017, 2016, 2017, when Louisiana Tech was recruiting you. Uh, obviously, you had you know some Power Five schools like LSU and Texas uh, come into the picture and really put a, a hard press on you late in the process. Going back to then, what ultimately led to you choosing Louisiana Tech? I would say the brotherhood, man. You know, being around a group of guys that showed love and had the same energy that I had, you know, we related in a lot of ways, you know, and like I said before, it was just a brotherhood, man. You know, those guys helped me become who I am, and I feel like I made a great decision by going to Louisiana Tech. And you looked at, you know, you get to campus in 2017, and obviously you're a true freshman, and I'm sure everyone was like, who's this guy? And 
you just came in, you put your head down, and, and for three years, and, and Beck and I got the opportunity to, you know, obviously watch you practice uh, on a daily basis. I think that's probably what impressed us the most was just your ability to focus on a daily basis. Where, where does that come from uh, within you mentally? Um, just knowing the purpose. You know, each and every time you set a goal for yourself, there's always a purpose. Um, I went to Louisiana Tech for a reason. That was to win and, you know, to pursue my dreams. And, um, you know, like I said before, man, you know, a great group of coaches, you know, coaching staff that pushed me, you know, to be the best me. A group of brothers, you know, that, that pushed me to be the best me, man. And like I said before, I had one goal, man, that was to win and, and to go pursue my dreams. I knew in order to do that, you know, it was about business. It was about doing what everybody else didn't do. And that was, you know, late night watching film, putting in extra work, you know, and most important, to stand out of trouble, you know. So that's what I did, man. Like I, like you said, I just kept my head down, man, you know, and just kept on working, you know, and tried to stay in the shadows, man. Amik, watching you over these last couple of years, you've obviously given us plenty of big play moments and, and exciting um, just atmosphere and, and just watching you play. Can you can you talk about maybe your most memorable play or moment as, as a Bulldog? Um, I would I would say probably my most memorable moment would probably be um winning the MVP as a freshman um for the bowl game, you know, because it, it was something I didn't expect it, you know. Um, I just went out there and fought, you know, for those seniors guys like um like you know Ferg, you know um guys like that. I just went out there, man, just laid out on the line, and you know I came came home with a with an MVP, you know what I'm saying, MVP award, you know that. That was a blessing, and from that moment forward, man, you know, I just had to step into that leadership role, you know. So that was probably the best moment of my of my career at Louisiana Tech. You know, it was a special moment just seeing those teams go out, you know, with a with a um positive career. And you, we we certainly remember that night. Uh, of course, I think you were motioning to the SMU quarterback, uh, almost daring him to throw the football your way. Uh, obviously, you had the chance to go up and against an NFL receiver in Cortland Sutton. I I have to imagine that was. Uh, like you said, a tremendous thrill for you as just yeah, a true freshman. No doubt. no doubt, man. You know, the games like that, you get you you have to prepare. You know, and I was locked in like Coach Coach Hosey. Man, I never came out of my room. You know, all I did was watch film and eat, watch TV, watch film, eat, and watch TV. You know, so because I, I was locked in, man. Most importantly, I wanted to win, but but I also wanted to win my one-on-one battles, you know, all knowing all the attention was on guys, you know, big-time players like Cortland Sutton, Sutton and and, um, and his other teammate, you know, excuse me. I, Trey I Quinn, it, man. Trey oh, Quinn, Trey, yeah. Trey on Quinn, yeah. You know, when it, when you got guys like that, man, you want to be able to be at your high high game. You know, you don't want to you don't you don't want to get caught sleeping. So that's what I did. You know, I just locked, locked in. And looking back at your career, you know, now that it's over, you have the opportunity to learn from a guy like Jeff Burris, uh, a guy that played 10 years in the NFL uh, as a cornerback. How much uh, does Jeff Burris mean to you? How much did you learn from him? And really, how often did you pick his brain and just try to learn uh, different intricacies that come with playing the position? I think too much. You know, I picked his brain too much. But he enjoyed it. You know, he enjoyed teaching me. Coach Burris, when he came in, you know, I didn't really didn't really see the bigger picture, you know, um, when, when slowing the game down. My whole freshman year, I paid off of athleticism. You know, I thought I was good enough. You know, but Coach Burris, you know, we focused on, on the little things. And when I saw the bigger picture, that's when my game started, started to elevate, you know, to be able to slow the game down, watch, you know, watch a lot of film, watching schemes, you know, offensive schemes and RPO windows, you know, stuff like that. Just looking at the little things, tendencies, offensive tendencies, you know, he, he made the, he helped, helped the game slow down to me. And 
once I started getting better at it, it became, you know, I became a, became a film rep. You know, he elevated my game a lot, man, from a technique standpoint, you know, um, and and from a military standpoint, you know, he was more of a father figure, you know, to me. Uh, you know, I tell him all the time, man, I appreciate everything he ever did for me. Amik, so you've worked so hard. You've had a great career, career at Tech. And, you know, obviously I've never been drafted. So can you tell me what it's like to know that your dream that you've worked so hard for is about to become a reality? What is that like mentally? Or how are you able to stay focused? Are you Do you find yourself pinching yourself? I mean, what is this like? No, I think I think it's a dream come true. But also, I'm just living in the moment. You know, I don't really worry about the future because I can't control. I control my future, but I also, you know, I, I honestly don't control it. You know, so as of now, I just focus on now. You know, then the future will take care of itself. You know, I understand that I have opportunities to get drafted, but that all matters. You know, of what I do now, so I just stay locked in, man. I don't really look at all the media and all the other stuff, man. I just take advantage of now, man. You know, working on my weight, just trying to improve as a as a player. You know, um, that's most important. You know, I'm still that that guy that's 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 very hungry. You know, I think that hunger would never leave. You know, so as of now, man, I'm just in my shell. Locked in, man. You know, working. You know, just to just to get better than what I was when I was at Louisiana Tech. You know, I just each and every time I try to, you know, like I said when I was at Tech, I always worry about consistency, and I just want to be consistently good. And when you consistently good, you become great, and that's the, that's what I'm chasing now. And so, what what do things look for look like for you right now from a training standpoint? Uh, as you obviously get ready uh, for not only the NFL Combine but the Pro Day in March as well, leading up until the draft. Um. Expanding my playbook more, you know, like you know, next level, man, is it, it only gets harder. Um, gaining weight, you know, I put on probably about seven pounds so so far, you know, um, lost a lot of body fat, you know, so that's on the positive side. Um, you know, lifting, working on my forty. A lot of people think I'm, you know, I'm gonna run like a full, like a high full five, but that's 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 incorrect, you know. Um, I I shot the rear with my forty. Um, so you know, things like that, you know, working on little things like balance, you know. Stuff like that. Um, we in the lab, man. I ain't gonna lie. We we putting in a lot of work here at um, MJP. And the last question for you before we let you get out of here. Uh, obviously, you played under Blake Baker as a defensive coordinator in your first two years, and then in your last year at Louisiana Tech, you had the opportunity to play for Bob Diaco. And I imagine the schemes were a little bit different. Your responsibilities were a little bit different. But as you enter the NFL draft and, and go on to playing in the NFL, I think that would have to help you as far as your knowledge goes uh, for different schemes yeah. that you may play in. What were some of the differences in the two defenses, and how would that help you going forward? Um, um, with Blake Baker, it was more of a middle field close. Um, with Bob Diaco, it was more of a middle, middle field open. You know, we play a lot of man. Well, especially me to the boundary, I played a lot of man. So, you know, throughout all these three years, I showed different different kind of schemes, what I could do. I showed, you know, the Bob Diaco defenses, well, both really showed that I could blitz. You know, Blitz Baker and Bob Diaco defense showed that I could blitz. Um, both defense showed that I could play man. But Bob Diaco once was more of a, you know, showed that I could play zone, you know, um, in different areas and tackle, you know, because I was always to the boundary. That's most of the time where the, where the balls run. That's what most of the time. That's where all the action is at. So, um, I think both of the schemes was kind of different, but they both helped me in, you know, positive ways. Absolutely, Amik. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking some time out of your day today to join us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, and uh, we'll certainly be paying attention to your future and pulling for you 
uh, as you get set for the NFL draft and playing in the NFL yeah. next fall. Amik, it was it was an absolute pre- pleasure watching you play here the last three years, and, and Bulldog Nation uh, for sure thanks you for your hard work and your dedication. And, and we're sad to see you go, but we're rooting for you uh, in your next step. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate y'all so much. Have a good one, Amik Robertson, former cornerback, Louisiana Tech back, and you know. You get an opportunity to talk to a kid, and you you never. Man, I can't imagine. Well, it's about to get drafted. Well, I I know, and you make a good point, but you also never know what you're going to get on an interview, and and what kids are going to say to you. But one thing, if we've heard this one time from Meek Robertson, we've heard it a thousand times for his three years. He's such a humble kid, and he's going to work his freaking tail off every single day, And, and he just talked about it. He knows what his goal is, and he's going to work to get it. And in order to be great, you have to be good. And I just can't imagine having that focus that he has on a daily basis. If you didn't get an opportunity to watch him practice for three years in Ruston, like, I can't overstate how impressive it was. Like, every single rep, he was so dialed in. And can you imagine being an NFL coach as you're interviewing his college coaches and your call. I mean, we we know. Like, do you, there's not a bad thing you can say about we, you. Kid. We know this about you know the, the the general public may not have an idea of what this looks like. But before an NFL team even thinks about picking a player, they call their college coaches, their high school coaches, their teachers in high school. They, they, call, they call their ball coach. They call everybody and ask. And you know what they're going to hear consistently about Amik is the hardest work I've ever had yep. determined. Um, so just think about the, the different spectrum you're going to get from when you're recruiting guys. you got the guys that got so much natural talent and that they don't even really have to work hard at it, but they're just – you know, unbelievable. Then you got the guys that are fighting an uphill battle with their size or with being walk-ons or whatever. And then you got guys like Amik, who's one of the hardest workers you're probably ever going to have on your team. And he's just proven at every level. And you heard him say, like, they they say I'm going to – You can't get him to be excited. You can't – all he's focused on is work. Well, and you know, he's like he told us, they say he's going to run an upper four or five at the combine. Like, I can guarantee you – like, that's on his mind, and he's going to prove him wrong. And, and that's just the type of kid he is. And he, he mentioned how Coach Holtz talked about he never left his room prior to the bowl game against SMU when he was a true freshman. And, like, I, I remember Coach Holtz saying that. And that's those are the things that make you special. Yeah. Like, like, he has that extra internal drive that, wh- whether it be his family or whoever it is, that he's going to take care of with an NFL career, like, he's going to do it. And he's going to be successful because of the the motivation that he has every single time he takes the field, every time he goes in the training room, every time he goes in the film room. He's just, been, like you told him, he's been a pleasure to watch for three years. And if you could choose to have 85 of Meeker Robertsons on a football team, that's what you would choose. Yeah, you just I just think that that's pretty rare, especially at a college level and you know, maybe even a school like Tech, or there's a lot of guys with a lot of great talent, but are probably knowing like, hey, I'm, I'm probably not going to play at the next level. I'm here. I got a great scholarship. I'm going to work my butt off for Tech. And then you got guys that from, I mean, I just imagine Amik from his whole entire life thought, I can do that. I can play in the league. Exactly. And and I'm going to I'm my going for it. I got to put my head down and go for it. So uh, I don't know if Amik's had much of the college experience. I don't ever hear anything. <laughs> Doesn't about, sound like no. It. <laughs> Meek's been in his room watching film. So for see a guy like that, it's you know what I like to say is the good guys win. The guys that put their head down, they go to work. Um, ben, he was the funnest person to watch in practice that I've ever seen. I'm gonna be sad. And that's when he's not, not even there. to mention like so many great in game moments. Oh, like, I know. 
Yeah, unbelievable. Like Southern Miss this year, like, oh, it's incredible. But, like, as fun as he was to watch him practice, like, you almost forget to even mention those moments. I know, I know Ben. Gosh. Sad he's gone, but happy for him. Absolutely. So, of course, got a text on the Fairway Carts text line from Brett. Fantastic show. Great interview. And heck of a way to start the year. Certainly appreciate you listening. One more segment coming up. We're going to put a bow on it. Talk a little Dunkin' Dogs basketball. You're listening to Bleed Take Blue Radio. Sports Talk. 97.7. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Have you looked at the calendar? The seasons are changing, and fun season is almost here. You mean fall season? Nope, fun season. Because any season is more fun with a new Easy Go golf cart from Fairway Carts in Mendez. With an Easy Go that perfectly fits your lifestyle, you'll have fun at the football games. Fun with the family on a camping trip or riding around the neighborhood. Even have fun in the woods during hunting, I mean hunting season. And Fairway Carts always has a great selection of easy-go gas or electric carts with the performance you need and the value to please any budget. Experience the comfort of an easy-go personal cart, the convenience of a multi-passenger cart, or the rugged durability of an easy-go utility cart. Yes, fun season is coming, and it's going to be your new favorite season of the year. It all starts with a new Easy Go from Fairway Carts in Minden on Highway 531, just north of I-20. Give them a call at 318-371-CART. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, go to O'NeillGas.com. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC, Beck Ains, John Tabor running the board. Beck, it's your favorite segment of the show. It's time to put a bow on it, BC. Time to put a bow on it. So, Beck, you know, we obviously haven't had time to talk Dunkin' Dogs Lady Texter basketball to this point in the show. I guess it'd be appropriate to do so. Of course, Dunkin' Dogs off to an 11-3 and start, 2-0 and in conference play. Uh, open the conference slate with two wins over Southern Miss. A little odd scheduling quirk. Uh, started on the road last Monday night at Southern Miss. Hosted Southern Miss this past Saturday. And really just tore apart the Golden Eagles. But when, when you look at this roster uh, that Eric Conkles put together, uh, a roster that can legitimately go 13 deep, all 13 scholarship players uh, have certainly played a role in the rotation at various points throughout the year. 
uh, something that we certainly did not have the luxury uh, of seeing last year, especially come conference tournament time. So uh, certainly have to give Eric Conkle some credit for that. Um, you know, some players that really stick out, uh, the freshman, uh, Taves and I were talking about him before the show, Isaiah Crawford, uh, has just been phenomenal, a 6'6 kid out of Texas, signed in the late period, uh, is now starting at the four spot as a true freshman, uh, I think he had 15 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three steals, uh, against Southern Miss the other day, I mentioned six foot six, seven foot one wingspan, just really an uncanny ability to impact the game in so many different ways. Um, you know, when you watch Tech play, and he's a player that's going to continue to get better and better throughout the year. Uh, I think La Tech Sports Report uh, compared him and Anthony DeRuji, uh, I believe it was yesterday. I and mean, when you look at the production that DeRuji gave, uh, you know, versus Crawford as a true freshman, it, it was virtually the same. And so you certainly have to give Coach Conkle and his staff uh, credit for finding Isaiah Crawford. Caleb Ledoux, uh has been the sixth man for this team uh, for the last six games. Uh, of course, a transfer from McNeese, leading the team in scoring off the bench, uh, averaging over 13 points a game. Had one heck of a game against Southern Miss on Saturday where he scored a season-high 20 points, I believe. Uh, knocked down four three-pointers. Uh, has really settled into that six-man role and. Um, I mentioned that I, I think this team's the favorite in Conference USA, and I think Caleb the Caleb Ledoux uh, is the favorite for the sixth man of the year. Of course, uh, Daquan Bracy, what he does at the point guard spot, uh, shooting over 50% from three-point range. I think he's like fourth in the country uh, in three-point field goal percentage. That's pretty good. Uh, a player that's put together an exceptional career. Mo Muhammad uh, averaging over nine rebounds per game. There's just... I could go on and on about the players on this roster that have contributed in a number of different ways. Derek Jean, a fifth-year senior, uh, providing great defense on a on a nightly basis, uh, really guarding each team's best perimeter scorer, and that's certainly something that he does well. Uh, Jacoby Pemberton's been out with an injury, but he leads the team in plus-minus. Uh, which is, you know, a statistic that can certainly uh, be looked to when you're looking at winning players on the floor. Uh, Andrew Gordon, the transfer from West Virginia, has given some big minutes off the bench. Gives Tech that 6'10", 6'11", wide body inside. Uh, has shown a real nice ability uh, to finish around the bucket. Amari Archibald's th- shooting 36% uh, from the three-point line. Uh, like I said, I could go on and on about this roster. Kobe Williams, a freshman out of Dallas, uh, has really taken over the backup point guard role uh, and is, provides really a spark when he comes in off the bench uh, to play his 12 to 14 minutes a night. So uh, I think when you look at this team, uh, like I said, I, I think they're the favorite in Conference USA off to a 2-0 and start. And for the first time in a long time, I, I know it, when you go back to the Mike White era, we really felt like that was a team that could bust into the NCAA tournament. But I, I kid you not, th- this team's better than I really? think. Yeah, I think they are. Like when you look at the depth, you look at the number of different ways that they can beat you. Uh, you look at their shooting from the outside. I think they've hit over ten threes in a game nine times this year. So they are a really good basketball team, and I think it's it's going to fall on Coach Conkle to put together the right rotations on a nightly basis. You can't play thirteen guys every night, and, and you know be able to c- create any sort of consistency uh, and rhythm uh, both offensively and defensively and Coach Conkle talked about that 
postgame against Southern Miss, how much of a challenge it is with so many good players to figure out rotations. But I, I certainly think that this Bulldog team has what it takes to win a conference championship. And there's just been two conference games played uh, for each team in the league. So you look at the conference standings. Here's a list of teams that are 2-0. and Louisiana Tech, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, Dusty Mays doing a nice job down there. Western Kentucky, Charlotte, and Old Dominion. Teams at 1-1, and Marshall and North Texas. And then teams at 0-2, UAB, UTEP, Rice, UTSA, Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee. Uh, road teams in week one of conference play were just 2-12. and So Bulldogs hit the road this week. They'll travel to UTSA. Thursday night, that's a 6 p.m. tip on ESPNU. Beck, you might get the U. I get the U. Yep, check out the dogs, 6 p.m. Thursday night. It's the UTSA team uh, with Jackson and Wallace. They can really score the basketball on the perimeter. It'll be key for Tech to slow them down. And then Saturday night, 8 p.m. tip on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Louisiana Tech will make the long road trip out to El Paso to take on a UTEP team that's you know, I know they're only 0-2, but they're in, a, they're in a tough spot. I know Rodney Terry, their head coach, uh, was placed in the hospital last week down in Florida after an allergic reaction, but he'll be back on the sidelines for them this week. Good to hear that he's doing well. And they're going to be facing, you know, really, uh, they have to take care of business at home uh, if they want to stay in the thick of things in the conference race, although it is pretty early in the year. But uh, l- let's see if Louisiana Tech can go on the road and pick up two road wins against two teams that, uh, like I mentioned, they're good teams. Don't get me wrong. UTEP was picked towards the top of the league, as was UTSA. But at this point in the season, Tech has certainly uh, been the better team. Looking at the Lady Texers, uh, Brooks Store squad, 8-4 and four overall, dropped their conference opener at Southern Miss. I uh, believe that was on Saturday, lost 66-60. to They'll be at home this week against UTSA and UTEP. So that's kind of a little bit of where the Dunkin' Dogs and Lady Texter stand as they get into the meat of their conference schedules. Beck, one more thing before we get out of here. By the time we come on, college football will have crowned its national champion. Well, let's go around the room. Who you got? Clemson, LSU. Ben, I'm going to be honest here. Nah, be honest. I want, who who be you honest. got? I'm not known for this, but the Tigers, specifically the LSU Tigers, have impressed me this year. I got the Tigers winning by a landslide of 14 points. All right. Tapes, who you got? Uh, give me the Bayou Bengals 38-20. to 20. Oh, I was 34-20, Tabes. You and me are always like right there. Give me Clemson 38-34. Yeah. yeah we'll I, I think it. it's going to be a college football classic. So certainly a good show tonight. Certainly. Hey, certainly. Plenty of certainly. Co- certainly plenty of competitive banter out of you trying to make some good points. Of course, you can join us at bleedtechblue.com. We'd love to have you. You can join us for only $1. Use the promo code BTB6. We'll get you six months of access We'll have our podcast up in just a few minutes. Certainly appreciate Beck Haynes for coming in. Certainly appreciate our fantastic fantastic producer, John Tabor, for BC. We'll see you.
Listen for the first National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host, Ben Carlisle. Also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Buildings. Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio on Sports Talk 97.7. Championship. Yeah, I think you have to. Like, it's the most form of negative punishment. you got to remove that certain stimulus, and that's the stimulus. Everybody wants to win the title. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that point, and that's the thing you got to take away. Here's my one issue with that. The further away you get from the championship, the less it means to take it away. Do you agree with that, Rob? Yeah. Like, if I take away what the Reds won in, what, 75, whatever it was. If yeah. I take away 75, that, 75, 76. 76, if right. I take away those championships, right. it doesn't mean as much. And all of us that grew up and remember that, the big red machine, like, look, they like, were right. still the championship. If you take away the championship a year or two after, it would, that, it would, me, it would, it would be a stinging blow. One more call, Chris. Let's do uh, Austin in Kentucky. You're on with Chris and Rob. Austin, Rob. yep. Y'all are the co-goats, couple of goats. Love the show. <laughs> uh, I like that, brother. I know. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Austin. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I would throw the book at them. I would ban, uh, you know, the top guys, get them out. Um, uh, Rob had mentioned before uh, something about, like, cutting ticket prices, which I think is a good idea, not only, um, you know, to help the fan out, but in my opinion, baseball is something that's sort of going away from America's pastime. So you get the kids come back and watching and growing up and want to play. I think that's beneficial, too. Um, you would get more kids in if they were half price on everything. I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, I, I, do, I, I like the idea of taking away the championship, except for the fact that it's not every single player's fault. So you get guys that truly were just in a right situation from a championship perspective, but uh, you know, but they, it only they, takes they a few players, right. well, really only one. But, you know, no, I got if it. five of your guys were doing it, and I think in these situations most players knew. Yeah, no, because it's, it's organizational, right. right? This is Austin. When they set up a camera and they're banging garbage right, cans right. and blowing whistles. <laughs> what is that? Exactly. Why do we keep hearing these garbage cans? <laughs> exactly. So you kind of know what's going on. And let's right. now we forgot to announce this, Rob. It's a Trash Talking Tuesday. You'll be able to call in in the next hour, about an hour from now. You can call us up, 877-99 on Fox, and trash anyone or anything, even myself or Rob, in the world of you sports. You never want to trash me. It's Trash Talking Tuesday. All right. Former NFL general manager, our, our buddy Charlie Casserly, says one team must just hire. I'm sorry. One team just hired the next John Harbaugh. Wow. I bet that's the 